Best Friends Finance, because when women talk about money, it's worth a million. Welcome to Best Friends Finance, everyone. It's Amanda Kessler. I'm here with my co-host, Laura Ford, and it is our first episode of 2021. Happy New Year, Laura. I am so excited to be here with you today, Amanda. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. So guys, I mean, we have very low expectations for 2021, right? So I mean, how bad can it be? Well, I should knock on wood when I say that. Um, but we're keeping expectations low, and um, we're cautiously optimistic, resiliently optimistic. And we thought today a really fun way to start off the new year would be what, Laura? Just talking about not only our 2021 goals, it's weird to say 2021. I, that might be the first time I've actually said it. I've written it. But also to talk about just living our richest life in 2021 and what that looks like. Like for you, I mean, it's going to look completely different than what it looks like for me because we have different goals. We live in different parts of the country. But um, I'm excited to hear what you have on your goal sheet and to live your richest life in 2021. It's so funny because I, I hear the words, your richest life. And after the year we've just had, that might sound a little frivolous and a little nutty, but Laura and I just had a long conversation about this. And living your richest life just means really tapping into what's important to you, your goals, what will make you happy, what will fill your cup. If something you know is a wild hell yes in your world, how you can make that happen. It's not necessarily you know, pinching every penny. So these are going to be some interesting um, goals that we share. And we really hope that you guys share yours. Uh, with us on social, because we'd love to see what this means to you. I jotted down three things that I thought of when I thought of my goal to live my richest life and help my family live our richest life this year. Um, how about you? Where did you start? To be honest with you, Amanda, we started first with investing and increasing our net worth. And then we kind of got to the part where, oh, we're, we're going to see, you know, two of our vehicles paid off this year, and we really want a bathroom remodel. And so we started... We started down the right path, as in the savings and increasing our net worth. But then we went to some of the things that we feel like would actually, you know, add improvement to our home and things that, you know, like you said, that we want. We want to we want to improve the space that we're living in in a couple of different areas. And I can get into that a little bit more. You tell me a little bit about you. Okay. The first one is to, as you all know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, I felt like we got behind on our retirement savings and we really caught up and have done a good job with that. And we're really diligent about that the last few years. So of course I want to continue to max out our tax advantage retirement accounts, but we have a couple uh, extra fun things. How dorky do I sound? Um, personal finance nerd. We have a couple extra fun things that we can do this year that um, I'm committing to. One, Steve is turning 50 in 2021. So, oh. yeah. So because he is now turning 50, his max contribution to his 401k increases from 19.5 to 26,000. That's called the catch-up. Your catch-up years start when you turn 50. So he is planning on, he already has um, increased his contribution to take advantage of that catch-up opportunity. And then for myself, in my own effort to also increase my retirement savings, we have worked with our financial planner and done a ton of research and figured out a little trick, which is called a backdoor Roth IRA. So we've talked about Roth IRAs a lot, Laura. The tax advantage of a Roth IRA versus a 401k. 401k, you get the tax advantage of putting your money in pre-tax, meaning you're reducing your taxable income. A Roth 401k or Roth IRA, you're putting in post-tax money, but it's growing tax-free and then on the back end, when you take it out at retirement age, you withdraw it tax-free. So you're not paying taxes on any of that growth and not paying taxes at withdrawal. So what we wanted to do was diversify the buckets that we have to draw from when we reach retirement age. So 
there's a, an income limit on Roth IRAs, which is why they're so wonderful for young people like your daughters to open because generally they're not making over that limit. So they can put $6,000 a year per person in, but there's a way to actually open one if you are beyond that limit. It's called a backdoor Roth IRA. And then I'm not going to explain any of this because you guys can, you, you can use the Google and talk to your financial planners, but there's also something crazy out there called a mega backdoor Roth IRA where you're not limited to that $6,000 per person. Not every 401k plan allows for this, but I am self-employed and I have a solo 401k, which does allow for it. So I'm actually going to be able to contribute beyond my normal um, 401k contribution with after-tax money and convert that into a Roth IRA. And that Roth conversion is going to allow all of that money to grow tax-free and be withdrawn tax-free at retirement. So that was number one for us was increasing what we're doing for retirement with these tools that we have because Steve is 50 and because I am self-employed and able to take advantage of this backdoor Roth IRA. Very good. That's impressive. Um, So that is also on Jeff and I's list at a very (laughs) much smaller rate because we haven't even... We haven't even started on that path. And I think that's I think that's really important to, to share with our listeners is that it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. If you are, you know, if you find yourself 51 and 46 like Jeff and I and you haven't done it yet, it's not too late to get started. Um, that's on our goal sheet this year as well. Amanda, we actually have the money there. We're going to we're, we're looking at um, Vanguard. And, you know, just by listening to other podcasts and taking, you know, advice from um other books and things that we've read, and we're we're looking at more of the target date in the index fund. How do you feel about that? So we have not done target date funds because we've been a little more aggressive with our retirement accounts, but we also have a Vanguard just broad-based index fund that when we have extra that we want to throw somewhere, that's where it goes. And Vanguard, I mean, there's no fees. Well, I don't know if there's no fees. There's got to be some kind of fee, but Vanguard is a low-cost broad-based index fund that you can't go wrong with. So um, I think that sounds awesome. I'm under the impression that we have the money there, but we haven't actually done the actual, we haven't had the we haven't hit buy yet. Oh, you have to um, invest it. Yeah, yeah, you have to invest. I know that piece. I've heard horror stories about people putting in the money there and then actually not doing the investing piece and then going, you know, eight, nine years and, and then realizing that their money wasn't working for them. But as long as you set up an auto, an automation where you're automatically sending money there that you can bypass some of the fees, that's something to look into as well. Um, that's just what we, makes us feel comfortable right now because we We've never played with it um, ever before. So uh, our intention in 2021 is to, we have the money there now to fund the 2020 uh, Roth IRAs for each of us and then do again, and then also um, fund 2021. So twice, and then just get started in an index fund with Vanguard, like you said, where we would send extra, you know, any extra money that we have to invest at this point. So while that may seem low, we're also looking to invest in more real estate this year. And see, that's where we don't do any real estate investing. We own our home and that's it. So yeah, I've, I've, we've stayed in this lane. I love that you're playing in both now. Yeah, I do too. And it, it, it's going to make me more well-rounded and be able to, I mean, like I actually can wrap my brain around it now. I'm, I'm starting to really understand it and what that looks like. And, and just learning this language is, you know, it is a whole new language. If you've never been introduced to index funds or mutual funds or anything like that, it's you have to educate yourself 100%. While you can trust a lot of your um, financial planners and stuff like that, I think it, you have to do your own due diligence 
and know it for yourself and not just be willing to trust anyone out there. So I've worked with my financial planner since I was in my 20s. Like before I even met Steve, my parents were like, you're going to work with a financial planner. And and I tell you, Laura, it's so funny. I'm, I met with Rick once a year for a long time. And that's when we spoke. Once a year when we met. Now, this poor guy, he's so good to me. We talk like every Friday. I'm, I'm not kidding you. For like the last two months, I've talked to him like every Friday afternoon. Sometimes I'll shoot him an email on Friday afternoon and he'll call me and he lives on, he's in Eastern time zone. I'm in mountain. And I'm like, no, 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 it's happy hour. And he's like, don't worry. I just cracked open a beer and we'll talk through whatever my question is. I'm like, I just, yeah, you don't have to call me back immediately. But anyway, it's funny because I didn't, I never cared to know. And now I want to know everything. I, I really am interested. Like I want to hear about it and I want to learn and I've learned a lot from him. I'm sure you have, but I think it's important to make sure that our listeners understand too, that they can learn all of this information. It is out there for the taking. Um, you can learn anything that you want to learn about this. There are there are so many books. One that Jeff and I just um, listened to, Amanda, that I was sharing with you was from Ramit. And he talks about I will, he his book that I will teach you to be rich, I think is phenomenal. It gives you baby steps on exactly how to invest, what he recommends, why he recommends what he does. But he also shares other ideas. Maybe it's not the avenue that he would go, but he, you know, whatever is best for you. And I love that because for people like Jeff and I, who maybe are a little bit more intimidated and we're baby stepping our way into this. And it's such great conversation. We are geeking out about funding our Roth IRAs and funding our Vanguard and getting invested in the market and watching it grow. And I, I don't know if I have I ever told you that I called Jeff willy nilly sometimes. No, he was like, Oh, I paid extra on blah, blah, blah. And I said, you can't go willy nilly on me and be paying extra on that. Because we if we were going to pay extra, we needed to pay it on this. And so now I call him willy nilly. And so it was funny yesterday, I was like, but willy nilly is trying to time the market. And that is one thing that I've heard over and over again, we cannot time the market, we cannot predict what's coming, just get invested, quit waiting for it to go on sale, because it's going to cost average out over time. How do you feel about that? I did. I, so a couple of weeks ago, I confessed to you that I had a lump that was uninvested in my 401k that was sitting there and I was watching and waiting. And we were talking to Delianne, the money coach, the money coach. Yep. And I, I confessed that and I, you guys both gave me the smackdown. So I invested it. It's in there. And of course, like two days later, it went way down, but that's okay. It's gone back up. Everything's fine. Like, just don't look, don't become that person who looks all the time because it's, you're playing the long game. Absolutely. You're playing the long game and, and you have to know that going into it. And I think, I think also you talked to your financial advisor. For us, we listen to a lot of books and podcasts that, that reassure us that it is the long game and to be patient and not to look at it every day, not even to look at it every month. Just know that you're in it for, you know, the long haul and to be patient and to be patient and that it does grow. Like there's so much, um, there's so many statistics that say over a certain amount of time that it that it grows at an 8% return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even even when you look at 6%, which I do a lot of times, part of our portfolio, we manage ourselves. And when I'm projecting things, I even use 6% to be super, super conservative. But with compound interest, even 6% over time is going to make a huge difference. So yeah, I and the book for me, I, I haven't read Ramit Sethi's book, but I want to. Um, but the book for me that we've talked about before is Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. Love that one like too. That was the one. Oh my gosh, it just gave me the confidence for the part that we do manage ourselves. Like we can do this. And this is this is not 
nearly as complicated as we can make it in our heads um, when we start trying to pick stocks and time the market and all of that craziness. Absolutely. Okay. So, oh, yeah. So go ahead. On your list, what else do you have on there besides obviously maxing out all of your backdoor and mega backdoor Roths? So maxing out all of our, our tax advantage retirement is number one. And then secondly, sweet Steve got a raise. So oh, yay, Steve. Hey. And what's interesting is it went into effect for this year for a promotion he received in July. But rather than give him the raise to his salary, they did it in the form of a bonus. It's being paid out next week and then uh, two-thirds of it next week and one-third of it in June. Okay. And I will tell you, Laura, that at first I started spending money in my head. <laughs> I was allocating it to all these different things. Right. And then I thought about everything I've learned from all of the books we've read, all of the podcasts we've listened to, all the conversations that we've had and talked to Steve. And instead, it is going straight into our Vanguard. And so basically what we're doing is we're maintaining our current standard standard of living in spite of this raise. We're not that's going awesome. to succumb to lifestyle inflation. And honestly, that's what it's all about, right? That's what every mm-hmm. that's what every podcast, every every financial guru talks about is just maintaining your standards of living despite raises, cash windfalls, just continue to invest and stay the course. If you're living, if you've got a roof over your head and you have food and you're living, you can pay your bills, just keep socking it away. And, you know, it's not necessarily about just squirreling it away and, and hoarding your pennies and being afraid to spend money. For us, it's about financial independence. And we know the number that we need to reach to be at that at that point in our lives where we're working because we love it, but not because we need it, where we could live off of, you know, 4% or less of our investments. We know that number. And the more we save now, the closer we, the sooner we get there. And that's what's compelling to me. It's not just about, you know, you can't take it with you. We're not trying to die lying on a right. pile of money. We're just trying to reach the point of financial independence sooner than later. I totally agree with you. So part of that equation for Jeff and I was really talking about how to increase our net worth in 2021. Because last year, while we did increase our net worth quite a bit because we paid off a lot of debt, this year, we want to continue to pay off debt. And when I say pay off debt, that means paying off um, loans to real estate investments we have, our house, that sort of thing, some land that we own. Because you know you're going to pick up, right? You know, as those numbers come down, as you make those payments and your value of your property stay the same, that's one way for us to increase our value, our net worth, but also savings. And then looking for another piece of real estate that will also help us increase our net worth. And so kind of what we as we were doing our research, Amanda, we spent the last six days together with no one else. And so we had so much time just to think and and talk and banter back and forth. And so we did so much research. And what we kind of came across was that the that the average or, you know, something to strive for annually was 10%, which we had never focused on how much to grow our net worth by. Um, but then, you know, Jeff really, we know our net worth value, but he said to me, he said, it's going to be hard to grow by 10% this year. And he said, and if we do it this year, it's going to be even harder next year. And I said, it's okay. It's a goal, right? It's Mm -hmm. something that we're putting on our vision board. We're going to chase it. And if we get there, great. And if we fall a little bit short, we're better off chasing it than, than not knowing and not doing it at all. That's fantastic. And I've never thought about that. You know, I think about uh, savings rate percentages, but I haven't really thought about a percentage growth goal for net worth. I mean, why not shoot for that? Like you said, it only can be a positive thing. 
Absolutely. Well, and it also means for us, it means more cash in the bank or savings or mm-hmm. things or passive income. For us, that's a big area, you know, real estate and creating passive income that then we can turn around and invest and pay or pay off that piece of property, which will provide us some long-term either residual income or is something that we can sell and you know, later on down the road. And how wonderful that everything you've done over the last year has put you in a position where you can look at investing in more property. That's oh awesome. My God. That has been the biggest, biggest blessing for us. And, you know, not even knowing what we were doing, but we just went into it blindly. And, you know, we made a few mistakes along the line, uh, along the way, but, you know, you course correct and you really can't make too big of a mistake if you're going in the right direction and you, and you have a goal. Like, I think for me, And that's what I told Jeff. I love that we spent this time together at the end of December as we go into the first of the year and we know what our goals are. We're on the same page. And I think that's got to be so important for couples. Okay. So, so far we've talked about things like retirement savings and um, growing our net worth and maintaining um, our current spending levels and not, not succumbing to lifestyle inflation can be pretty dry stuff. I mean, we love it (laughs) because we know how important it is to our long-term goals, but what about, what about some of the more fun stuff? Like what is, what's something you want to do for yourself or your home or your family to live your richest life in 2021? So Amanda, as you know, because you have stayed with me multiple times, I desperately need, we did, we did a house remodel a couple of years ago. It went on for what seemed like a long time. And I basically kicked the contractors out before they got to the bathroom, the master bathroom. And so I am one master bathroom short, and that's also a big expense, right? Um, Mm -hmm of our house really being where we totally want it. It is not functional at all. It is definitely 1980s original um, floor plan. It needs to be updated. And so we're really looking forward to that. And if anyone's been listening to our podcast, they know that back in October, I stated that I was going to do a savings for that bathroom remodel. And so that continues to be um, on our goal board for the fall of 2021. But what we're doing differently this time is we're saving in advance for it so that when it comes time to do the remodel, I have all the cash in hand and it's not something that I'm either going to put on credit cards or finance. I may still put it on a credit card in order to maximize like travel rewards and that sort of thing and cash back opportunities, but I will have the cash in hand to pay it. And that is something that we have not been good at in the past, if I'm being super honest with you. And I know you're going to have a gorgeous bathroom and you're going to have the cash to pay for it. And that makes it all the more beautiful. Like I did my laundry room this year and was able to do it in cash. And that made it just such a nice, it just felt good. There was none, none of that pang of regret at the end of it. Okay. So for us, um, it's still, it's home projects, same thing. Uh, our house was built in 92. We remodeled the main parts of it when we bought it in 2016, but we still, I still need to do my mudroom, ultimately um, a few bathrooms. And so my fun live my best life, my richest life, my family's richest life this year is uh, saving toward those projects and at least getting the mudroom done. And I have a strategy to get there, Laura. I thought of it this morning. You want to hear? (laughs) I do. I'm dying to hear. Okay. So because we had decided that we were not going to um, adjust our lifestyle in any way to reflect uh, Steve's raise, I'm like, you know what? I should look at my own income. So in our businesses that we own, our income is lumpy in that we have some some bigger months, some smaller months. I mean, it's all great, but it's definitely not the same month after month. And I've noticed that, you know, I, I meet my retirement savings goals, but then whatever's left over, I spend like every month, you know, it, it gets spent. So my goal 
to live my richest life in 2021 is to live off my lowest month's salary from 2020 for the entire year. And so once that money hits my business account, I'm moving exactly what my lowest month was in 2020 into where, you know, we pay for our lives and anything over that is going to go into my little house project fund. I love that. And mine is mine is very similar. I didn't think of it in terms like that, but I definitely know that, you know, over this amount, I can put more into an account. But another thing, Amanda, that Jeff and I really looked at, and I shouldn't say Jeff and I looked at, I looked, <laughs> I looked at was we have two vehicles that are going to be paid off this year. So that's an extra, a lot of money for us. Mm-hmm. And then um, Addie's graduating from college, which doesn't necessarily mean um, she's still going to have rent through the summer and she's still going to... Um, well, she's still going to have rent through the summer and we're still going to have a student loan payment, but we aren't going to be paying for her really expensive sorority dues. And mm-hmm. so in April, you're getting a raise. That's the left. We are getting a raise. And so, you know, every four or $500 counts. And so rather than just get a raise in April, I already have a plan for the moment we make that last sorority due payment. I know where that money is going in May. And that's going to go into, I have another house project, Amanda, that seems a little frivolous because it is pretty. It's also to protect our um, our floors and our house. I want out, I want awning for Outback. We live on the West, we're West facing on the lake. And so the sun in Texas is just absolutely brutal. It's, it's hard on your furnishings. It's hard on your flooring. And so in order to protect some of those things, but also come on, it does look pretty (laughs) when you go by on the water, Uh it is pretty to look at. Right. But it does serve a purpose. It would be the, it would be equivalent to someone buying drapes or something like that to protect their furnishings. But instead of blocking our view, I, you know, this has been on my dream board since we've moved in. I'm like, I keep wanting awnings. I want awnings and they're super expensive, but that's on my, um, that's on my goal board, but I'm not even going to start saving to them for them until I can, um, until that last sorority payment is due. Oh, and it's going to look gorgeous. And that is a conversation. So before we started recording today, Laura and I were talking and we feel like we talk so much about saving money, mainly because we had a lot of making up to do. Like we spent <laughs> right. a lot of money for a lot of years. So we have been very focused on saving, but we also have discovered through this process that if you're meeting your goals, you're meeting your financial goals to set yourself up for what you're going for, being able to retire by a certain age or whatever that is. And there is money left over. You may spend some too. So I love spending money after you've met those goals on things that make your heart sing. And I know that bathroom and those awnings are going to make your heart sing. That is going to be some hell yes spending. Absolutely. And like you said, that is all that's secondary to are meeting our savings goals every single month and, and, you know, and um, funding our IRAs and that sort of thing. So it is secondary, but it is, it is things that we want, right? Like we all desire things. You and I like things for our house. I don't particularly care too much about shoes and clothes. Although I like to, although I like to dress nice, I'm okay wearing a $30 dress. Mm -hmm. I'm okay wearing the same clothes for the rest of my life. Honestly, I keep looking (laughs) around my closet and like, I do not need another item of clothing ever. And Again. I don't long for technology stuff. You know me. It yeah. took me eight years to buy a new laptop. 
<laughs> a new laptop. You know, I'm just, we all have different drivers. We all have things that make us go round and that mm-hmm. motivate us and inspire us. So I think it's super important, like you said, just to really send the message to our listeners that it's okay to want for things as long as you're filling the bucket of the savings and you know the path that you're on. Hell yes, spending. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And and you can you can do that house project or buy those $1,200 shoes if that's like your heart's desire, if you have done the work first to set yourself up for your future. You know what I did last night? I watched a documentary recommended by Heather Guyan, one of our friends and listeners called The Minimalist <gasps> Less Is Now. If I Do you know one of the tabs that's open on my computer right now? Oh, you have it open? I have it open right now. On It's on my tab because I want to watch it so bad. So I left it open on my laptop. I want to watch it so badly. So tell me about it. You know who else recommended else? that? Who? Courtney. Tell me her last name. Carver. Oh, Carver. Courtney Carver. Courtney Carver. Courtney Carver. I I subscribed to Courtney Carver's blog who wrote the project, who wrote Project 333. And she was one of our guests this year, on, or 2020, uh, an author of that book. And I loved Project 333. It worked for me. And so she recommended The Minimalist also. And so anyways. Well, it's, it's amazing. And it just gets so much to the psychology behind all this stuff, which Courtney did a lot in her book too, which I absolutely loved. But um, I'm going to start the challenge from this documentary which is to, it's a lot like that savings challenge you did on day one, you yes. move one thing out of your house on day two, you move two things and you do it for 30 days. Do you know how excited I am? I have not done the math yet to see how many items I will actually be getting rid of in the course of 30 days, but you, you know, day 15, you're taking out 15 things up to 30. And so last night I told my family about it and my girls, they're 11 and 13. They got really excited. Like, you know, I have things I don't use. I have things that other kids would play with. Um, I'm really looking forward to this challenge. I mean, I need to get rid of 30 things a day. I feel like in my basement, I think it'd be 30 things a minute. And one thing that I did notice, like I said, I have it pulled up. It's an open tab on my laptop here is that it's only 53 minutes. So there must be a lot of meat in a lot in, in a short amount of time. It's so worth it. So, okay, we're going to put that in our show notes too. Everyone should watch this and we're going to um, make this a future discussion on how this is going for us. And um, hey, maybe I'm, maybe we can get these guys. It's two guys. They're pretty incredible um, to come talk to us. Maybe that goes on our goal board too. That would be super awesome. And then, you know, Amanda, one thing that I didn't mention that, you know, this probably doesn't apply to all of our listeners, but, you know, if we have some entrepreneurs out there, one thing that Jeff and I have always come from behind on every year, and I'm ashamed to admit this, but it's okay, is our taxes. Mm-hmm. We have not planned in advance for our taxes. And for the last couple of years, we've had to file extensions. And that has never felt good for, for us. And so one thing that we've done, we started later in 2020, but we started a, a fund and I, you can call it a sinking fund, whatever you want to call it. But we opened up an account with personal capital, and then every month we transfer X amount of dollars in there for taxes. And I'm happy to say that this year, when we when it comes around April, we think that we have enough money saved to pay our taxes in April as opposed to filing an extension. And, and there's nothing wrong with filing an extension. If you file an extension, it's okay, but it doesn't give you that same sense of relief. There's a there's a there's not a lot of breathing room. You're forced to have to come up with X amount of dollars if you don't have it in April, um, come April 15th, right? And so there's pressure there. And one thing that 
I've never really enjoyed about money is, and that's probably what took me so long to get on this path was the pressure. I didn't like mm-hmm. the way that it felt. And it goes back to my childhood and how I was raised and, and seeing so much distraught around money and finances. And so, you know, going forward, we know that we already have this money. It's slotted over there. It's in the fund. We both know what it's for. And that's what it's for. There's also an emergency fund in place now. So, you know, if there. Anyways, it just feels really good. And so that's another big thing for us in 2021 is just to make sure that we're continuing to put money away every month for our taxes. Oh, Laura, that is so good because I always make uh, estimated tax payments and guess who forgot to do that in 2020? <laughs> Me. So I got an email from my accountant the other day saying, hey, can you can you just, you know, put some money in by the 15th of January? And I was like, oh, that would have been so much better had I planned ahead. I mean, I can, but it doesn't feel good to have a lump like, whoops, I didn't pay any all year. So really, right. So really for us, and maybe you too, Amanda, was really going back to the things that we want to fund this year and making sure that those investment accounts are, you know, are funded every single month, making sure that the taxes. And so when you create these accounts, which I've done on personal capital, it feels so good because I know exactly, like I have one that says bathroom remodel, one that says awnings now, one that says taxes. So I know exactly how much money is in each one of those accounts. And I, for me, I'm visual, I need to see it. And there's so much peace around it. I I mean, I looked at Jeff yesterday and I said, I cannot believe we have all these accounts. And we actually consolidated two accounts because we didn't need one of them. I moved, you know, a little bit of money here over to another account to put towards taxes. And so, you know, that was a sinking fund account that I had actually opened for Christmas and I didn't even need it. How great was that? I know. Incredible. Look how far we've come, Laura. It just goes to show you what 12 months can do. Absolutely. So if you're feeling behind a lot has happened in the last 12 months, and we promise a lot can happen in the next 12 months for you. Um, we'd love to hear when we post this episode, we're going to ask you to share what what helped you live your richest life in 2021. What are your goals? We would love for you to share those, and we might even feature you on a future episode. Um, so Laura, where can our listeners find us? They can find us on social, on Insta and Facebook at Best, and so they can also subscribe to us at bestfriendsfinance.com and make sure that you're getting our weekly emails. In your inbox. And the other thing that we're going to ask you to do is give us a rating. We would love a star rating on your podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. If you're enjoying this podcast, a five-star rating is what helps other people find us and join the conversation. And boy, is it an important one. We are really, really grateful for the community that has joined us and, and become part of this conversation with us over the last year. And we can't wait to see how it grows this year. I second everything that you just said. And Amanda, one thing that I know that you and I share back and forth a lot is text messages, direct messages, things that we're getting back from our listeners at how much we are helping them and we're making an impact. And I feel like in 2020, we were able just to kind of get our feet wet with this. But now as we're rounding out this first year and people are going back and they're listening to episodes that we did months ago, the messages now that I'm getting is, is that I know we're making an impact for people in their lives. And that's what this is really all about. We were making an impact for one another, but we wanted to share it with others. And so thank you for giving us your feedback. We do love it. Continue to message us, email us. We want to we want to hear it. We want to respond to you and we want to be your best friends and cheer you on. All right. Well, this conversation was worth a million. Happy New Year and we will talk to you next time.